welcome to the Mystic Mecca, where the worlds of spirits, aliens, and conspiracies collide, and we keep it high vibe. Today we are talking to Chuck Crum, and we're going to get into some, to some channeling information and just some history on his knowledge. Um, welcome, Chuck. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Erica. It is really, really nice to be here with you. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if you could give us some background on kind of your history. How did you get into channeling? I know that it sounds like you do channeling yourself, but also you're very familiar with some of the other channeled information. So I'm just curious about how you got into all that. Yeah, so I have kind of an interesting history. Um, I guess my journey with channel information, I would say, is approximately almost three decades long now. Mm. And it started uh, actually um, back, oh, let me see. In 1990, I graduated as a chiropractor here in Minnesota. And uh, I got into my practice in 92. And uh, as a result of some issues that I had that I wasn't finding relief with traditionally, I found myself uh, going to an individual who did alternative things, even for chiropractic. Mm. And that led me to explore other things. And so then as I was using that information in my practice, I had an individual come to me who was already deeply in their spiritual exploration. And they suggested uh, a book series. Well, actually, it was a single book at the time. Um, and it was written by an individual named Neil Donald Walsh, and it was called Conversations with God. Mm. Um, and prior to that, I'd read some other things that were, I guess, kind of considered channeled sources. It really depends on who you are. Um, and so that was kind of my beginning. And then as I continued to go to workshops, um, kind of to integrate some of the more esoteric types of things that I was doing in my practice, of course, I was meeting a lot of individuals and they, of course, had lots of information about the various sources of information that they had become familiar with. And so I started to explore a lot of things. Um, I I ran into an individual named Ron Scholastico who channeled uh, what he called the guides, and actually, and this is this will date me, but it was a cassette series, cassette tape series <laughs> back in the day. And so I, I, it's interesting. I used to for a while. I did janitorial work um, uh, to help a church that actually was a spiritualist church. We used to have individuals. We didn't have a pastor or anything like that. We had individuals that would come up and give messages to the congregation, and everybody there was exploring various things. You had a people who were exploring channel information, individuals who are exploring Buddhism, Taoism, Native American spirituality, all sorts of things. So I was in this environment that had a huge mix of all sorts of information that I had at my fingertips. And so it was kind of nice. Um, I uh, probably, I want to say in, let me see, probably the mid nineties, uh, I became familiar with Seth's information and read everything that Jane Roberts and Ron Butts had published about Seth. Some of it I read many times. And at the same time, I was doing many things. My exploration has kind of always been multi-layered. Um, 
I began to explore dream time for about six years, pretty intensely, had a lot of uh, lucid dreamy experiences, explored the information um, in concert with another channeled source who suggested it, uh, explored information from the Australian Aboriginal individuals on dream time. Mm. Uh, their concepts, of course, is that we dreamed our reality into being. And once you get deep enough into this exploration, you have an idea about what they were talking about. And in, in fact, it is what we're doing. Um, mm. Most people don't consider, most people and it's understandable, of course, you have to, I think, be in this exploration for a while to get to the place where you understand what we consider to be physical reality is really just another layer of dream time. Hmm. Um, and so there were, there's been one source, I would, I would say if there's been one channeled source that's probably played maybe, I don't know if I want to say the largest part, but I've been exposed to more than others. It's an individual, a source named Chris, uh, that's channeled by an individual in Toronto named Serge Gramba. And I've been associated with that information since oh, probably 2005, I want to say. I was exploring a Seth site, and I saw somebody mention this particular channeled source, and so I began to explore it and liked it. By that time, I'd also explored, uh, there's a, another source out there, Mary Ennis and Elias, that maybe a lot of people are familiar with. And, you know, I have this tendency when I um, choose to explore a source, I dive deeply into it. And so um, right. I did the same thing with Elias's information that I had done with Sess. I read pretty much everything that was on the site, became really familiar with the concepts that were shared. It's interesting, too, because as I know you're familiar with, um, as I've had various sources that I've focused on throughout my journey, I see how they they have like a leaning. They, they help us to look at the depth of who we are in a little bit different way. And so I like that about uh, having exploration that's been varied. Mm. Um, you know, there is, uh, what, The Course in Miracles was channeled stuff. It took quite a while, even though it was around me when I was in that metaphysically-based church. I heard about it a long time, but it took a while before I came to it. Actually, there was an individual um, who would have uh, two individuals that would just show up in his living room. Um, kind of like, um, you know, there's a, there's a source called Bashar that speaks of elementals, but they would, they would look like a woman and a man and they would just show up in his living room and share information with him. And it was tied into the Course in Miracles. And so, um, I became familiar with his work first. They, he, had, he was actually a guest at this church that I was, uh, associated with for a while. And, uh, and then through that, I, I read the Course in Miracles and became familiar with that particular approach to uh to the exploration itself but yeah i've had i've had lots of uh of various channel sources that i've exposed myself to and and the one that i exposed myself to like i said maybe the longest um i can't remember what it was maybe 12 years ago 10 years ago we were talking about channeling mm -hmm. and they had taught i'll just put it like that classes on channeling um and so i took a couple of those and they said they were surprised I hadn't begun yet. Um, but I was doing some other exploration that I think kind of put that on the back burner for a while. And 
you know, I used to, I remember about a decade ago, I used to have this thought process about, it was kind of an either or thing where either I would get to know the deeper me as well as I possibly could, or I would channel. It seemed like there was a choice there. Hmm. Now, of course, I've understand they're one and the same. Um, yeah. There is no separation there whatsoever. Um, and so um, I have a podcast, uh, and the podcast is called Freeform Spiritual Wisdom. And it began as an audio podcast, and, and now I've added a video portion of it on YouTube as well. And um, I realized not too long into the audio podcast, which has been around maybe 20 months, that a lot of what I was doing there was channeling. And so maybe nine months ago, I started with a small group of people that I was familiar with through Chris's work, um, channeling for them, because it felt like a, a group that I felt comfortable with. And uh, so, yeah, so it's been fun. So that's kind of in a nutshell what my journey is about. But of course, there's there's been much, much more of it than that. So that's super interesting information. I'm curious, what... I guess, beliefs or ideas around um, universal wisdom have you pulled from the different channeled information that is sure. now kind of incorporated into your own belief system now? Sure. Of course, this was a process, you know, and that's something that when I do posts uh, on Facebook or when I when I post on my Facebook page, I have two. I have one that's uh, Freeform Spiritual Wisdom and the home we've never left besides just the Chuck Cron page. But what I what I attempt to share with people is that this is it's a journey, this exploration. You know, there there seems to be um, because you know uh, people want to be popular quick, and they they. Um, they want a lot of clicks. They want a lot of people to visit and stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of times there are, there's information that's shared about uh, how fast this can be done. And, you know, one of the things that occurred to me, and I'm going to get to your question a little bit more in just a second here, sure. is that, you know, for individuals who've been following some of the channeled sources that have been around for a while, if you listen to those or if you watch a video produced by those, what you'll see is you'll see information who've been following people who've been following those individuals for a long time. And they still have questions about the journey. They still have questions about all of these things that are going on, about the nuances of this exploration, this journey for themselves. And so, you know, that's what I think it's important for people to understand is that this, this is very much a journey because you're starting from a place where you believe that you're the human body, you believe you're the human being. Mm. And, you know, there's information around us that says, okay, what you actually are is all that is. You're the source, you're the oversoul, you're the soul, whatever term people like to use. But to move from having the experience of one to really begin to have the experience of the other, that takes letting go of a lot of ideas and definitions and embracing various experiences, you know, um, and so in that, the concept that it is me that's creating my experience, every moment that I have my experience is something that's become one of the concepts and ideas that is a theme that I follow in my life all the time. And so I know how important my beliefs and my de definitions are as far as how I'm going to filter the way that consciousness then shows up in my reality in the way that it does. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, I know that my journey is different than everybody else's journey. There are some people out there, like if we take the planet right now and we look at the things that are going on around the planet, and of course, I can only talk from the planet that I'm familiar with, but there's there are things happening around the planet that are quite challenging for a lot of individuals. And so one of the things that I've become familiar with is that before we decide to express ourselves in this type of a circumstance, this kind of a situation, we'll call it physical reality, and maybe on this planet, we have an idea of the ideas and the themes that are played out here. And some of them are quite challenging. But, you know, we're coming from the perspective that we know ourselves as spirit, as consciousness, as something that can't be harmed, can't be destroyed, can't be detrimentally affected really in any way whatsoever. Well, we can certainly have experiences that are very, very convincing to us, you know, like we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what happens as you get deep into this exploration, and I know that you experienced this kind of connection even when you were very young, mm -hmm. but as people move through, the, through their exploration, the connection with the inner parts themselves becomes increasingly immediate. And so in that, you begin to look at life in a very different way. You, you begin to approach life in a very different way. You, you translate and perceive the things that happen around you differently. And of course, your life becomes something different. Now, like a lot of other sources will say, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges or choices in your life that are going to happen all the time, because of course you will. So one of the things that happened to me is that as I had gotten to a particular place in my journey, I'd found myself at a place where I had moved beyond, not all, but many of the strong challenges that individuals have or can have. Things went pretty easy for me. I didn't really have a lot that rocked my boat any longer. And I, I found myself going, okay, so then now what's next? Of course, it was cool to explore some of the things that I was exploring. You know, I've explored, you know, the deep metaphysical concepts of, of things that are out there. I've always been um, and had very strong connections to nature. I spend a fair amount of time in nature. Um, I interact with the various ways that nature expresses itself, whether it be water, trees, rocks, animals, whatever it might happen to be. Um, that's been a journey of mine for a while. So there are those things as well, but I knew that there was something else on the horizon. And so that then led me to the concept that, of course, as self, I'm expressing myself in many ways, including ways that on the planet, in traditional language, we term to be extraterrestrial, right? Mm. Life that lives in other places. And so that idea of us becoming familiar with those other expressions of us that can then show up physically on the planet and us having then an experience that we interact with those other aspects of self and gain through our interactions with them and begin a very like a new chapter in our exploration to me is a very exciting thing right now as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's one of the things that I've, I'm beginning to focus on pretty strongly in my life right now, because it feels, it feels very like a very connected thing for me. Mm. That's 
really interesting that you're kind of diving into that aspect of it. And I'm curious, what are you experiencing with that? Is, are you like communicating with, with other beings? Are you, are they guides? Are they, um, extraterrestrials? Like what is your kind of experience in that? Sure. So in my perspective, I know that regardless of the form that the self takes or all that is, or the oversoul, whatever you might want to say, I know it's always that. At the same time, it has, of course, its own personality, individuality, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say. So I know that both are going on. So in that, in the latest exploration that I have become involved with, I've, I like the idea of the various ways that nature expresses itself not only in the forms that we can see, but in the forms that we usually don't see. Um, the the guides, the nature spirits, maybe we can call them, depending on the culture that we're talking about, they've been expressed in a variety of ways. And the way that the self can show up in those personas, shall we say. So I'm beginning to interact with some of those and some I'm more strongly attracted to than others. And I think that's kind of like a natural thing for each individual when they, if they find themselves attracted to that kind of exploration, they tend to maybe gravitate a little bit more to a couple of those maybe, or a certain feeling maybe within some of those. Um, And so that type of stuff is going on. Um, I've, I find myself, I do, I do a lot of meditating in nature. Um, Mm. I used to, I used to do, and I still do actually what I would call a walking meditation where I would go in and I would walk incredibly slowly because I wanted to just feel into my environment and experience all of the environment that I could while I was there. Hmm. And uh, it's also one of the things that I, I suggest to people if they're having a difficult time um, dealing with some of the emotional and psychological challenges that they may have, I suggest that they go into nature and just be there um, and attempt to do it by themselves if they can. Certainly you could bring a friend if you want, uh, especially a friend that maybe has similar leanings that might be very nice. And, but to just be with that person there, but not talk a lot and just to experience nature because that environment can really help people to shift in a very nice way if you utilize it in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I've always, well, not always, in and out always, but especially in the last couple of years, it's very easy for me to just um, turn my focus to the inner me, shall I say, and be aware of its presence. It's mm. it's quite easy for me to do that. And so I, I have that information at my fingertips. And then there are other forms of self that take various other shapes Um you know, again, depending, the names would depend on the culture, but there are some of those expressions that I like to interact with as well. Um, and, or ways that they express themselves in association with nature, or even um, some individuals that are terrestrial. I have a very strong connection with whales, blue whales in particular. Um, and mm. whales, depending again on the information that you are associated with have a very strong connection to a particular, we can call it a star or a star system in a particular dimension. And, uh, and I like that energy. 
um, it feels really fulfilling for me. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a variety of those things that I'm, I'm really enjoying exploring in this particular moment. Um, that's the, the blue whales. So I've, I do have a connection with whales and dolphins that goes very deep and long, long story, but, um, is, is your understanding of the connection of blue whales to the Sirius star system or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm curious because I, I'm, I want to compare notes a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And I'm curious, like what, hmm, have you felt into or have an understanding of what their manif physical manifestation is on that in that planetary system? Not in that planetary system. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that because, of course, that system is, I think, much different than what we perceive it to be. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's much more ephemeral than you know, what we a lot of times consider. I do know that dolphins and whales, they have many layers to their awareness and understanding. And they they will begin with us at whatever layer we can come to. And then as we deepen our own understanding, then we can begin to access the layers that already lie within them. I think they're I think they have incredible depth within them that we have very little awareness of yet. What um, I'm trying to think of how to formulate this question. <clears throat> so when you interact or when you dive into that energy, are you communicating with a specific a specific, I know that, I know the larger concept of, you know, we're all, everything is all, all that is, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, are you interacting with what you would consider to be, you know, another quote unquote being obviously in the more general sense? Um, are you in, are you connecting into the overall energetics of the species itself? Like how are you kind of connecting into that energy? So the way that I do it is, um, and YouTube is a great help for this because there's some nice individuals out there who've got some really fantastic footage on blue whales. Um, and so I, I connect with an individual. And as I do that, I know at the same time, I'm connecting with all of them mm, okay. um, and the energy that's behind them. And so I let the connection be what it will be. Um, but I approach it in that way. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have like favorite, I know you were talking about nature and I'm curious, do you have like favorite places in nature that you go to or are there more, do you have a connection more to certain, I don't know, trees or plants or, you know, what, what have you, um, that, that you feel more connected to? Um, 
So I live in a place, I live in northern Minnesota in a town called Duluth. I'm at the very western tip of the Great Lakes, those lakes that go from the Atlantic Ocean about halfway through the country on the border of the United States and Canada. Mm-hmm. It's very green where I live. Um, and we have a lot of water, lots of creeks and rivers and streams. And mm. Duluth is a hilly area. Um, I think many, many in terms of history and time, many thousands of years ago, they used to be kind of mountains. Now they're more hills here. It's mm. like San Francisco in that regard. Um, but so I explore and I have, I have a, there's an 8,000 acre state park. That's about a 35 minute drive from me, but there's so many natural places around me. It doesn't take long to get into nature in the place that I live. Um, I have a, a small, uh, a creek and this creek is, uh, it, it drops fairly steeply. And so when you're there, you have no idea the town is even around you. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's a very nice place. That's very close. That's probably maybe a mile away, but there's many of those, um, there's places that I travel to about maybe three and a half hour drive away that I'll visit. And I've gone to some very remote places. Um, but there, but that one park I mentioned, that's about 35 minutes away. Many of the really cool experiences that I've had in nature, I actually had there. So I would have to say it's my favorite place. And I'll share maybe a couple of those with. Yeah, good. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> Here. Um, so one of the first things that I had happen. And it's interesting because it feels so immediate. There's the, as I bring it up in my thought process, all the emotion floods back. But I had a very nice hike one day. It was maybe four hours, four and a half hours. Again, I would go in and walk very slowly and just interact with everything that was there. And as I was getting towards the end of the trail, I turned and internally I voiced my appreciation for the experience and immediately like a strong wind hit me but it wasn't a wind it was the energy of the park i i felt the response the the appreciation that the park quote-unquote had in having me there and having our interaction and uh and so i've had that kind of experience in that location a couple of times mm-hmm. there's one trail that i walk on that in one of the earlier parts of that trail, there's a field that is to the right of the trail. And a number of years back, I paused at that place because I felt an impulse to pause. And again, so much of the exploration is to listen to the information that you're getting from self. And so I paused and I was looking out the field. And so you know how if you drop a pebble into a pond or something, those ripples go out from it? Mm-hmm. So as I was standing there, what I saw as an effect is that the reality that I was experiencing around me was rippling out like that from me and spreading out around me. Mm-hmm. And so I've had that experience in that park a couple of times. I've had times where there were a couple of summers, maybe, oh, I don't know, oh, 14, 15 years ago or so, where when I was in the park, I had a preference that it didn't rain while I was in there. And I would just trust that it wasn't going to rain on me. And so I'd go into the park and it would be raining in the park, but there would be a area of blue sky 
above wherever it was that I was walking. It would follow me around the park. And that happened maybe 12, 13 or so times, something like that. Um, so, you know, in my exploration, I've just learned to trust. I'm not saying it's complete, but I'm saying it's pretty strong. And so in that, I've had some very cool experiences as a result of that. Um, I've had times where as I'm hiking, sometimes it's butterflies or moths. They will precede me the whole time that I'm hiking in the park. They'll fly ahead of me a little bit, wait for me to get there. I'll have blue jays do that. I'll have, mm, let's see, I've had robins do that. I've had crows and ravens do that. Um, I've had a variety of, of birds usually do that. Um, there are, the park is a very interactive place for me. Um, you know, there's a concept of allowing the thing that you would like to explore in the moment to come to you in whatever way it would come to you and not second guessing how it comes to you. And so, you know, there was one time where in the park now for a long time in the summertime, I can usually walk with shorts and a t-shirt and not be bothered by mosquitoes any longer because I have that kind of an interaction with the park. But I was on a trail. This was, I think this last spring. And all of a sudden I was being lunch for the mosquitoes. <laughs> well, what's this about? And, and so, you know, uh, and, I, and it was only when I turned down this one path and I knew that if I continued, this was going to continue. And so a part of me wanted to finish the hike. I was only early in and I wanted to do about four hours, but I knew that this was happening because I was meant not to continue the hike that day. It was there to get me to stop and turn around. And so I went, okay. And so I turned around and I retraced my steps and I went back towards the visitor center. And as I got close to the visitor center, I ran into a dad, probably in his mid thirties and his two daughters. And they were in the park. They knew nothing about the park. And so we stopped and had a conversation about where they could explore, where he and his daughters could go and have a nice experience. And so I knew when I left the park that that's what I was meant to do. That's the reason why I turned around. This was a talk to that individual. And so, you know, you become familiar with those things. So um, I, when I was exploring Native American, North American, Native American spirituality, um, I became familiar with uh, the concept of interacting with animals and uh, having a connection with animals through that particular um, spiritual way of looking at things. And so with me, typically the way it works for me is that when I become familiar with a concept, something happens in my life where I can experience the concept. It doesn't usually take long, a day or two usually. And so the next day we got about almost two feet of snow. And so of course this park that I go to all the time was now filled with snow. I knew almost nobody, if not nobody would be there. And so I went. And so I was dressed appropriately. You know, I know how to dress for winter. I live in winter for probably six <laughs> months out of the year here. <laughs> and so I have all the right clothes, you know. So so I, I went in and I'm walking on the trails. And I got to a place where I was between two hills. And I had an awareness that on the other side of one of the hills were two deer coming my way. I couldn't hear them or anything. I just had the awareness. And so I said, well, how do I know? So I decided, well, I'm going to sit. 
So I just sat down in the snow and I waited. And after a while, I could hear some rustling at the top of the hill. And I could follow the sound with my eyes. And there was a clearing, maybe, oh, 15 feet in diameter, about 70% up that hill. And this one deer walks into the clearing. And I, I thought to myself, well, the information I just got was two deer. And in a couple of seconds, more rustling, and here the second deer showed up. Mm-hmm. And so then they walked back into the woods, and I followed their sound down the hill. And they came out, they came at the bottom of the hill onto the trail that I was on, and they were maybe, oh, 30 feet away from me. And they had no idea I was sitting in the snow. They didn't know I was there at all. And they began to walk towards me. And when they got about 12 feet away, I purposefully moved. Then they became aware of my presence. I knew in that moment that if, as a native being, back when they used to hunt like this, if I had needed food, I would have had it in that moment because I knew where the deer were. And I knew it had nothing to do with those individuals, with native people, when they were at a particular place in their understanding. I knew it had nothing to do with tracking animals on the ground. It had everything to do Uh, excuse me, (laughs) with the connection they had with the animals around them. Mm. And so, so much of my experience has been like this, is that if there's a concept or an idea that will be helpful in my journey, I experience that concept and idea relatively shortly so that I know it experientially. Mm. And so that park has played a very large part in many of my explorations of nature and the themes that are associated with nature. Um, and it's, it's been a good friend in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's such a beautiful story. And I could almost feel the visceral experience that you were having with the deer through your words. It was um, very powerful. Is that how you experience a lot of, um, I mean, nature, but ultimately, you know, the all that is or God or whatever you want to call that energy. Are you experiencing it in almost a, a, a vision, like a visceral experience for yourself? Um, it when, when the connections are strong, and, uh, you know, I'll be clear, I don't walk through my day um, with a, with a, with a feeling incredibly strong like that, those are I, I have to shift my focus a little bit to have that feeling show up because mm-hmm. I'm you know, um, but it's a for me it's it's not so much visual as it is feeling for me typically. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm curious. Do you have um, experiences with extraterrestrials yourself or? you know, whether that be in the physical or in, you know, the other dimensional kind of realms, the ethereal realms, whatever you want to call it. My experience there is pretty limited. Um, it's mm-hmm. dream time experience. I don't have a lot of it uh, at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've interacted with some individuals uh, as I've um, done this, that uh, just you know, friends, acquaintances, whatever, who've had some experiences like that, but I haven't myself had a lot yet. And I think mm. that's a potent word for, in my reality right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something that you're 
I hesitate to use the word striving, but that's the word that's coming to my mind. Is that something I'll, that I'll you're say looking allowing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something I am allowing. Yes, I. Uh, <laughs> um, I uh, I think, and you know, of course, um, through some of the sources that I've been exploring recently. I know, of course, it's much different than, you know, the concept of, you know, you just being, you, you know, run into somebody physically, mm -hmm. that's, you know, a being it's, it's, it's a, it's very much a spiritual psychological event. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, and so what I've been in the process, my process has become kind of a preparation for that. And in that, what I, what for me, I think has been important is to embrace difference regardless of where I find it. And I've done this for a long time, actually, because you really have to. But regardless of how people are expressing themselves, regardless of how they see things, you know, regardless of what shows up in my life, how it shows up in my life, just to express difference. Because I know that when those experiences happen, the difference is going to be, I think, marked, you know, compared to what we're familiar with. And so for me, that seems to be something that's an important thing to just embrace as much difference as I possibly can and have it be just fine regardless of what it is. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Are you, so, I mean, cause you've done a lot of like diving into channeled work that is sort of on those lines, like extraterrestrials and stuff. Do you feel like a connection, like a other aspects of self or other lifetime experiences do you feel a connection to realms other than the earth realm i guess is what i'm asking i've had some of those that have gone on it's interesting um this one channeled source that i've expressed that i've spent probably the most time with there was a time where uh, in the group he kind of spoke and i say he because the name is chris mm -hmm. um of course we know that self doesn't have a sex as we see it but mm -hmm. so i'm just going to use that term i'll say they maybe that's maybe a little better so they were expressing to the group to each individual there the role maybe i'll put it that way one of the roles one of the one of the intents that we utilize here on in our experience of this planet so in that, one of the things that I do for other aspects of self that are thinking about exploring this particular dimension, the, the earth physical dimension, is I introduce them to it. I familiarize them with the experience so they can decide if they want to dive into the experience and partake of the experience or not. Hmm. And so in that, I've become very familiar with this experience from a lot of different perspectives. Um and uh, and so my life kind of reflects that. I've done so many things in my life. <laughs> and, it, and it gives me a perspective, I think, on that end of things to kind of introduce people to the experience of this particular world, shall we say, you know, and the experience that you're going to have here. So, but I have, I've had some of that stuff uh, go on. Um, for me, it's more reaching into the energies of various aspects of the extraterrestrials, if you want to call them that, you know, those expressions of self um, and connecting with them and becoming a little familiar with energy that feels different. Um, because, of course, they're having an experience that is much different than the experience that I'm familiar with as this earth, quote unquote, physical experience. So I've mm -hmm. done some of that, but it hasn't been huge yet 
That's interesting. It It's almost like you're what you're describing. Well, I want to call you like an ambassador almost for earth <laughs> because of how you're saying that you'll familiarize other beings with this realm. <laughs> yes. It's like, if you think you have what it takes, come and play with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so know, funny. It it many many times it can be a very challenging place, you yeah. know. Um, and you know we're both aware. Certainly, I am that, especially in this time period, um, you know, this shifting period, this transitioning period, mm -hmm. there are many aspects of all that is that are paying close attention to what we do here because we've done something that is we're doing something that is quite incredible you know to move from a place where we've had virtually no awareness of ourselves as spirit to mm -hmm. becoming familiar with ourselves as spirit so mm -hmm. you know we've done something quite cool i love that that way of putting it becoming you know from going from almost no um awareness of of who we really are almost mm -hmm. i'm paraphrasing to you know, opening that, that doorway. <laughs> I loved how you put that. Um, and I find it very interesting that it's almost like giving, like how you're describing how you've been in that, the role that the role almost that you're understanding yourself to play, I guess, in, in the opening of the earth to, other beings it's almost it makes me feel like it's the inverse of what people traditionally would view like where we're seeking externally to communicate with extraterrestrial beings to understand their way of being you're it's almost like you're doing the inverse of that you're giving them a understanding of of earth and what it's like here um <laughs> sure you know the thing is is that i think that for me the important perception of what i believe for some of us um for those individuals who are interested is going to happen with extraterrestrial interaction is really about our own self-awareness growth as we become increasingly familiar with other layers of ourself as we become increasingly familiar with more and more of who we are, I think those types of interactions really in those dimensions that we would like to are really a natural flow with that. And so, you know, it's not really so much about, and I think those individuals who have a deep way of expressing that kind of interaction will say that it's really not about us being saved by anybody in that mm -hmm. regard, because really we're, source we don't need to be saved at yeah. all you know i think you know to me what i remind people of a lot is that you know when you go to sleep quote unquote every night what you do is you know you remove most of your energy from this dimension this physical dimension and you are having your regular experience as self and then mm -hmm. you know you refocus back in this experience quote unquote the next day what we think is the next day right in term of terms of what our beliefs say is going on mm -hmm. and we don't remember that but it's happening all the time, you know? And then when we leave, quote unquote, we die, you know, quote unquote, then again, we once again know ourselves as that infinite us that we are. Hmm. And so the thing is, is that, and I understand that it can be 
challenging not to consider yourself to be just a person, you know, the human being mm-hmm. and, and see it from that perspective and see extraterrestrials from that perspective. But really, I think the picture is much broader than that, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that the dynamics that are going on there and, and even being able to have those types of interactions really does play into how much of you have you embraced yet? I think the more that you've embraced, I think the the more likely you are to have those types of interactions. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I am going to pivot for the last couple of questions here. Um, I kind of wanted to wrap back around. You were speaking about um, your dream time experiences and kind of lucid dreaming. Right. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about how you like what you've experienced with that and how you create those experiences, I guess. So, you know, I began in kind of a traditional way, you know, where I, I had a notebook that I would journal in. And, uh, you know, I would write down the, the date for the next day and I would anticipate having something to be able to write down. And I would do it in a time where, like, I didn't have to wait, wake up for work. So I began on the weekends, of course, or whenever I had a day up because I could wake up without an alarm clock so that I had a better chance of remembering whatever was there. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to the inner me because I was at a place where I knew that I could do that. And I would ask, you know, to have these experiences, that I was open to these experiences. Mm-hmm. And so it got to the place where I was I was spending a lot of time writing my dreams down. I was I would have as many as nine epic dreams. <laughs> I would be writing my dreams down forever. And uh and so and in that, as I was doing that, uh, I was beginning to become lucid in my dreams. And it wasn't really even that um I focused on becoming lucid, it just sort of happened as an effect of the increased dream activity that I was doing. Hmm. And, uh, and I would be aware of certain themes. And uh, one of the things that was helpful is that, again, this one channeled source that I've spent so much time with, or I did, they talked about something they called the Bardo state, which was a state outside of the dream layer. And you could, you actually move through it when you're just before you move into dreams and as you're exiting dreams. And I used it as I was exiting dreams. And so what would happen for me and I had an intent, of course, to have this experience. But what would happen for me is that as I moved from dream time towards being awake, I would pause in this bardo state, shall we say, and all of what my dream time activity meant would show up for me. I didn't have to guess about the symbolism. I didn't have to guess about anything. I knew all of what it was about and how I was going to apply it in my life. Wow. I would have experiences where I would, some people call dream time, some sources, they'll express it, certain layers of it as the template reality. And so in dream time, what I'll suggest is that we play with various scenarios that we want to then insert into our physical experience. And so I became aware of myself doing that and things that were going to change in my life, like relationships that were going to move out, how they were going to change, those types of things would show up. At one point, instead of writing my dreams down all the time, I started recording them in one of those little tiny voice recorders that fit in the palm of your hand. 
the intent being that I would sit down maybe once every three or four days and then write the dreams down as I listened to them. So I remember the first time that I was going to do that. <clears throat> it was a early summer day, maybe 10 o'clock in the morning. It was very sunny outside. I was at my desk <clears throat> and I had my pad there, my pen there, and I turned the recorder on and I listened to the first two or three seconds of the dream. And all of a sudden I was no longer at my desk. I was back in the dream and I was picking up in the dream from where we left off in the dream. So I had that experience a number of times when I would, when I was in my practice in the second low, no, the third location that I had my practice, I used to take long lunches about an hour and a half. And I would frequently dream during my lunches. And so what would happen is that as I came back from that, I would be aware of myself in dream time and I'd be aware of myself in physical reality at the same time. And I can move back and forth between the two. Hmm. And so um, I had a variety of different experiences in dream time. And it kind of, it seemed to, for me anyway, follow my focus. If I was really focused on dream time activity, I would have all sorts of things that would happen around dream time activity. But as I shifted my focus, let's say if I focused a little bit more on my connection to nature, then I would still have dream time stuff that would go on, but it wasn't as intense. It would be more focused around all the things that were happening around nature now. And so as I've moved and shifted my focus, you know, various things are always there but how much at the forefront they are kind of depends on what my exploration is at that particular time. Hmm. That's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I have one last question before we kind of wrap up. And I know that you kind of do your own podcast. And so I'm, I'm, I'm taking a, a little bit of a leap here that, that there's things that you, would like to share with the collective. And I'm wondering if I know that this is hard to distill into, you know, a few minutes or whatever, but I'm wondering if you would kind of share some of the things that you want the collective to hear or know or understand kind of, especially at this time, as you had spoken, where we're kind of going through the shift um, I'm curious what you think is important, I guess, for on a collective level for us to understand and know. Sure. So definitely I can give my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first of all, I think that this expiration, this expiration of who and what you are should be the foundation of somebody's existence regardless of what else you want to do with your existence. You can do anything else that you want to, but if this is the foundation of what your life is about, it will affect everything else that you do. It will it will allow you to do the other things that you want to do in a way that is much freer, much broader, that brings more satisfaction, more fulfillment to you than if you do it without this as part of what your existence is. So I'll just kind of start with that. Mm -hmm. So... One of the other things that for me is important for individuals I believe to understand is really to explore that you are the self, you are the oversoul, you are the soul, you are all that is. There is so much more to you than what you really believe you have been. And I believe that that's important because really 
all your ability then lies there. In other words, there's that immediate connection that happens between you and the rest of you and all the knowledge, all the information, all the wisdom, all the ability that you can bring into this particular reality is housed there. And so the more you become familiar with that, the more you become comfortable with that, the more that you trust that, the more that you go there, the more you can bring that out into your existence. One of the other things that I think is important is this, is that in this time period, especially, you know, what you're going to do for yourself is you're going to present the challenges that you still have to yourself in your life. And so try to keep that in mind that, okay, the challenges that are there, regardless of what form they take, are really just that. They're, they're the things that the inner me knows would be nice for me to walk beyond in order for me to have the kind of existence that I would like to have. And so that I think is an important thing for individuals. Something else that I usually share with individuals, especially for beginners, is that regardless of whose information you connect with, I think that it's nice that when you connect that information to pay attention to, is their focus on what they can do for you, how they can help you grow, how they can help you to become independent and understand yourself, or is it on them? Is it on their methodology? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that those individuals that are really out to share with you all suggest really powerful information will take that vantage point. They'll they'll share information from you that is all about you becoming powerful. Mm. You become you becoming able to access your own abilities because no individual I'll suggest on this planet, we'll just say it like that for now, has more ability than somebody else. We express it in different ways, but everybody has, everybody taps into self, to source, to all it is. Yeah. And so I guess in this time period, if you can remember if speaking to everybody who's out there listening, that you really have that ability. Mm-hmm. And as you have experiences on your journey, because again, it's going to be a journey, as you have those experiences, as you allow those experiences, you'll become more and more trusting that that's true about who and what you are. But it's going to take the experiences to do that. It's not just going to show up out of the blue. You know, that's at least been my experience. I've had so many experiences as I've walked this journey that have helped me to trust so deeply in this connection that I have. And in that, it flows usually very nicely and very smoothly. I have my own challenges like everybody else have, but the challenges are a little bit different. Well, they're quite a bit different now, I guess I'll say. <laughs> they're quite a bit different now. <laughs> um, but they're still there. And and the challenges I have now are about embracing more of who and who and what I am. Mm. And And this really is where everybody is heading if that's what you want to do. Right, because it's going to be your choice. That's the thing about in each moment, that moment is going to be a choice. How are you choosing to look at yourself? How are you choosing to look at your environment in that moment? And so the more you understand about all that, the more nice, the more fulfilling, I'll put it that way, your life will be. Doesn't mean there's not going to be challenging there, but it will become increasingly fulfilling for you. So I guess just briefly, that's what I would say. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And I really, I love that advice about, um, you know, looking when you get information from people, are they 
I'm paraphrasing into my own words here. Are they kind of empowering you to ac- you know, to to look internally to to access your information, or are they trying to create followers? I feel like is you know is kind of the gist of of a little bit of what you were saying, and I really resonate with that a lot with being able to discern truth versus not truth. And and when you're hearing, when you're getting information that could be potentially distorted or, you know, cause there's, there's so much misinformation out there is, is what it feels like. Um, and so it's, it's so important to kind of be able to discern that for, for self, I guess. Yeah. I know that certainly when you're a beginner, if someone's in this, the first several years, you know, you can you can even walk into something that does have boundaries around it and it can still serve you because it's a little bit bigger than where you were just a little while ago. Yeah. And so early in the in the exploration, you know, that might not be a huge thing, but you know, I always tell people like you just said, listen to what you're telling yourself. If it feels confining, allow yourself the freedom to leave. Mm. You know, do something different. Find something that doesn't feel that way. And yeah. as part of that too, Many times you want to share this journey with the people around you, like family members would say. In that, when you're exploring, if you have an idea that those individuals may not support your exploration, you might be better off not exploring it, not sharing it with even people who are close to you. Because what you want to be is you want to be supported in that exploration. You want that exploration to do for you the things that it can do for you. You don't want it to be pushed down, you know, or negatively affected, especially in the early stages. Once you become stronger in it, it's not so much of a big deal, but especially in those early stages. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your wisdom. I feel like we just scratched the surface of what you have to share, but <laughs> I really <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time and really sharing your heart here. And so thank you for that. <laughs> well, of course, you know, I can't share my heart unless there's a space to do it. So thank you for creating this space. <laughs> I appreciate <Yeah>. that. <laughs> it Absolutely. was very nice to be with you today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Mystic Mecca, and we will see you next week.